Some questions will confuse you and give you so much unnecessary information. The patient could be a 57-year-old female with kidney failure, asthma, diabetes, but it turns out the question is simply asking you how to respond to the patient in a therapeutic manner when the patient is depressed. You don't even need to pay attention to all of the comorbidities. Let's get NCLEX ready! Hi, I'm Nurse Jojo, registered nurse and founder of Cutie Nurses. Join me as I break down the most difficult questions and share the tools that empowered over 1,500 students to crush the NCLEX exam. Each week, I'll share tips, reviews, along with a ton of resources to help you become a registered nurse and thrive. So step into the world of nursing with confidence at cutienurses.com start. If you are taking the NCLEX for the first time or have failed the NCLEX, don't worry, you've come to the right place. In this video, we will dive into the top 10 strategy tips to help you pass the NCLEX along with applying these tips to sample questions. First tip, read the question. You are thinking, obviously I read the question and I am still stuck. My question is, did you break the question down? Now you have to ask, what? Is the question asking? Should you assess, evaluate, or come up with an action? Do you see any keywords? Can you rephrase the question? Do you see relevant information in the question? The patient is admitted with severe chest pain. What should the nurse do to obtain further information in planning care? A. Vital signs. B. Pulse rate. C, pulse oximetry, or D, blood pressure. You may say, but I should take everything. All of the choices are correct. Apply what you just learned. You know the question is asking you, what should the nurse do with this patient? The nurse should assess. If you look at the question, keyword is further information. You need to assess before coming up with a plan of care. If B, C, and D are all vital signs, then A would be the correct answer. A acts as an umbrella to B, C, and D. Tip number two, look for the keyword. Some questions will confuse you and give you so much unnecessary information. The patient could be a 57-year-old female with kidney failure, asthma, diabetes, and so on and so forth. But it turns out the question is just simply asking you how to respond to the patient in a therapeutic manner when the patient is depressed. You don't even need to pay attention to all of the comorbidities. If the choices are A. Give the patient insulin. B. Restrict the patient's fluid. C. Ask the patient what is making you feel this way. Or D. Tell the patient, you'll have better days. You may want to jump to conclusion and pick giving insulin because if the patient is diabetic, then you would want to prioritize insulin administration. But the question didn't even provide you with information regarding signs and symptoms of hypoglycemia or hyperglycemia, nor did it state anywhere that it was time to give insulin. Of course, you would want to restrict the patient's fluid if the patient has kidney failure, but this choice has nothing to do with the patient's depression. You would be left with C or D. Would you want to hear from a friend that you'll have better days? Probably not. Choose the therapeutic choice. Be therapeutic. Be awesome. Tip number three. What are the details? Is the question asking for something to be accomplished short-term or long-term? You may encounter a question with three choices that are long-term goals and one choice that is short-term. If the question expects the nurse to do something right away, 
he would pick the short-term goal. Patient states that he wants to kill himself. He has already been admitted for depression for two weeks now and is currently taking antidepressants. What should the nurse prioritize? A. Getting the patient out of the hospital. B. Getting the patient to sign a suicide prevention contract. C. Help the patient build relationship with peers and family members. Or D. Joining a support group. All of the choices sound wonderful. We want a patient out of the hospital, sign the contract, build relationship, and join a support group. But the question is prioritization. A, C, and D are long-term goals that will not happen right away at this very moment. We can easily eliminate that. B is the short-term goal. By signing a suicide prevention contract, the patient can understand that he or she should call for help when he or she feels the urge to take action. Tip number four, one of the two opposite answers. The patient slammed her hand with the car door and has hematoma. What should the nurse do? A. Apply heat to the hand. B. Apply ice to the hand. C. Perform range of motion with the wrist. Or D, keep the hand above the patient's head. Let's say in this situation, you do not remember what hematoma means. Does it mean the hand is broken or the hand is bruised? Which by the way, side note, hematoma is basically a bruise. In this case, you see two choices where A and B is opposite. Should you apply ice or heat to the hand? Well, take a look at the scenario. She slammed her hand. So if you apply heat to the hand, then the blood vessels will dilate and elicit further blood vessels. Applying ice to the hand would constrict the blood vessel. The answer is B. Tip number five, legalities are essential. Do not delegate what you cannot eat. I repeat, do not delegate what you cannot eat. E for evaluate, A for assess, and T for teach. The nurse cannot do everything alone, but if the nurse tries to delegate tasks that is out of the LPN or CNA scope, then that is considered a legal issue. A LPN cannot teach a patient new information, but can reinforce. Examples, LPN cannot assess a new symptom. LPN can administer oral medication. CNA can assist the patient to the bathroom. CNA cannot assist the patient to walk to the bathroom for the first time since surgery. You've just completed the first five strategy tips to help you pass the NCLEX. You can get a free sample of 160 digital flashcards when you join my email list by going to qdnurses.com start. Don't forget to click the red subscribe button below. So now on to tip number six, infection control. This is a big one that gets stressed to nursing students every single semester. Hand washing is always the great obvious answer, but infection control is much bigger than that. A patient who has chicken pox should not be in the same room as the patient who's receiving cancer treatment. The mnemonic to remember infection control, take a look at it right here on the screen and memorize it. We have the um, MTV for airborne, M, measles, T for tuberculosis, and B for varicella. And then you have Spider-Man for droplets. I didn't make these up, by the way. These have been going viral for like over a decade now. So this is what us nursing students have been using for years to come. Spider-Man, 
droplets. So you can see, for example, sepsis, scarlet fever, for S, pneumonia, pertussis, parvovirus, B19 under P, influenza is I, diphtheria is D, epiglottis is E, rubella R, mumps, meningitis, mycoplasma, meningeal pneumonia for M, and then adenovirus for AN. The acronym for contact precaution is Mrs. Wee. And then you got M for multi-drug resistant organism, R for respiratory infection, S for skin infection, W for wound infection, E for enteric, and then E for eye infection, which would be conjunctitis, but that does not go in Mrs. Wee. So make sure you memorize all that because it's so important and it will help you like answer a bunch of the questions here. Now on to tip number seven, eliminate the obvious. The odds of getting a question correct is 25%. The odds become greater when you can eliminate one answer that sticks out like a sore thumb. It's even better when you can increase your odds to 50% when you see two answers that sticks out like a sore thumb. A, you'll be fine. That definitely sticks out like a sore thumb, right? B, I know a cousin who felt that exact same way. C, tell me more about how you're feeling. Or D, the symptoms are temporary and will end soon. I didn't even give you the question. You already know that A and B are both non-therapeutic. You can eliminate the obvious. C is a great therapeutic response. And D is a decent answer as well. But how do you pick between the two? Choose the answer that can get you to elicit more from the patient instead of the answer that will end the conversation without getting more from the patient. Tip number eight. Grammatical errors. What do you mean grammatical errors? This is the NCLEX. Of course there's none, but the answer must be consistent with part of the question. If the question is looking for a singular item, then you can eliminate the answers that are plural. Tip number nine, part of the sentence. If two parts of the sentence is correct, but the rest of the sentence is incorrect, then you can eliminate the entire choice and move on to increase your odds. And last but not least, you made it this far. Tip number 10. Compare specific words from the question to the choices. Look for the same similar words from the questions to the answer. The option that has the specific word is most likely going to be the correct answer. Take a look at this example. Nurses planning care for a 40-year-old female patient admitted with diabetes. The most important information to elicit from the patient is A. Blood glucose history B. Family history C. Surgery history or D. Medical history Of course you want to choose all of the above, but the patient has diabetes. Which answer correlates with the diabetes? Blood glucose. The answer is A. Now, I want you to take what you learn here and apply them as you answer each question. If you still have questions, drop them in the comments below and I'll be replying to everyone. If you're not already subscribed, click the red button below. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Want more tips and tricks for passing the NCLEX? Then be sure to check out cutienurses.com slash start. Don't forget to follow us on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. See you next week.